you're about to go off the grid with Tony on the Dr. Brayson Network. Stay tuned. Yo, what it is, people? It's your boy, Tony Main. I'm here. I know y'all miss me. I'm back. I'm bringing y'all some of this hot fire with the Off The Grid Podcast right here on the Dr. Brayson Network. Um, you can find this and all of the podcasts that we produce on Dr. Brayson Network. So, it's been a while. It's been almost a month since y'all got an Off The Grid Podcast. I'm sorry, man, and it's crazy because it's not like I've been busy like that. I mean, I've just been doing some schoolwork and here, there, and the other, but other than that. Um, shout out to y'all that are keeping up with the show. Shout out to y'all who also, um, you know, do such things as share the show. Hit me up on the social media streams and all that other good stuff. Um, shout out to y'all who are patrons, you know, MJ, Teddy Funk, my brother Trey. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all of y'all. Y'all keep this thing kind of moving along y'all you know y'all grease the wheels just a little bit so i appreciate y'all and then um if you want to leave that old feedback off the grid at drbraces.com you can do that you can review the show i haven't checked that lately you know so if you have reviewed the show please accept my sincerest apologies because i have not read or checked them out to see if anybody left any more reviews so um but i will do that promptly and um and, and you know i can and i can definitely make sure that um hits that you know it's pretty much what it is so yeah um we're gonna do a very brief show today we're gonna talk about some things and um get some things off the chest there because a lot of the people out here on these um on these internet streets um y'all be flexing y'all be flexing a little too hard and then y'all old niggas need to calm down but until then man we're gonna take a quick break and then i'm gonna be back An emergency is the absence of choice. The randomness of the world. The crazy chaos of life. Robbing us of our safety. people let's get into this entertainment talk for this week gonna talk about a couple shows wednesday night shows that um wrapped up last week week four last week wrap up. Uh, yeah last week september 11th both of them so we're gonna jump first with queen sugar season four queen sugar wrapped up with um the episode i am um charlie was arrested and released for arson um in this episode we also got uh 
we got a little reveal, man, but I'm going to get to that at the end. I'm going to get to that little reveal at the end. Um, we got Dollar, Ralph Angel. They come full circle, coming back around with their relationship. You know, Dollar telling Ralph Angel she don't want him to remember him for being broken and, and her redemption story. I kind of like, and Vi don't want, you know, didn't want uh, uh, Nova talking about that in her book. Nova done moved old police day in. Well, he's not a policeman no more, but she done moved him in. And, uh, you know, Michael felt some type of way, you know, especially knowing that dude used to be a police officer and, and, and used to see crazy shit happening. Um, but, you know, she brought him around, so everybody met him. Uh, Micah has made his decision. I know the, the episode before, we had to deal with Charlie blowing up because he decided he wanted to go to Tulane or, no, he wanted to go to Xavier. I'm sorry. He wanted to go to Xavier instead of going to, um, going to an Ivy League school. So he's staying home. He's going to go home and, and pretty much do the same path, but he's going to do it at Xavier. Um, so she, she lost her shit about that. Uh, Unvi, you know, having a celebration at the diner for the, you know, basically the, the election watch party. So we get to that part. Um, in the last few episodes, because this is a lot that didn't happen. In the last few episodes, we had the whole reveal that the, uh, what, what is the, the, damn, Landry's. Did the Landry's, uh, basically, like the Tommy Jefferson's of the, of the, of the Louisiana area. So, you know, they, they have a, they have some black blood in their blood, um, that some of their great grandparents. And, you know, it's crazy, because I was looking at them like, I know they cast these characters, and I know they're white, but they still, the way they, they look, they made them look, kind of look like they're not just 100% white. It looked like they got some some other ethnicity mixed in with, you know, that Caucasianness. Because they, they, they particularly picked these characters, because a lot of them look like they may be, you know, those those people that say, I'm, I'm 116th Native American. They look like that. All of the characters. Every last one of the landers that they cast in this show. And and I think, you know, I mean, it's a book and they knew what the reveal was. But I think that they particularly did that for a reason, but they never made mention to it. So you just watch the show like, oh, okay, cool. But then we could get a reveal that, yeah, there's a black, there's a black woman in their, in their lineage. And then the big bubble boom reveal is that goddamn Sam Landry. That motherfucker... For all his vile and vitriol and all that shit that we had to deal with with this motherfucker since the beginning of this show. Since he was trying to take the goddamn borderline land, he won't talk all that shit and all that other good stuff. That goddamn Sam Landry had a motherfucking outside kid by a black woman. <coughs> Excuse me. And the crazy thing about it is, Unvi knew all this time. And she used that as her goddamn lunch board to hatch her diabolical plan. Well, I ain't gonna say diabolical. Hatch her plan to basically get, you know, to calm down the heat that was coming down on, on Charlie. Now, I don't know if Charlie knew this, but she did this. And then the, the, the bomb was Sam is still in touch with his dang on estranged daughter. And she ain't so estranged because she's working off that Landry name and she's working for that company that's in the background that's doing all this work, this work that's causing Charlie all this stress. 
And his daughter is played by none other than Amara Vine. Mm, mm, mm. They set it up so well, too. They set it up so well. They had the little standoff at the end of the episode. I said, oh, man, this is about to be good. Because Charlotte had standoffs with her mama. Charlie done had standoffs with her sister. Charlie done had standoffs with that, that, that side chick that her, her ex-husband had. She done even had a standoff with Francis Bordelon. Woo! She about to have a standoff with Sam Landry's outside daughter. Mmm, mmm, mmm. It's about to be good. I'm telling you. If you like to have, like like seeing the Mexican standoffs on TV with two power struggles, you know, two powerful uh, 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 characters in there, I gotta see, man. You know that they, they like throwing Charlie down down the, the well there now. So so let let's see what they gonna do with her. How she gonna get to this? How she gonna get through this? And now she the count. She won that council position too. Ooh. Yeah, the whole thing is they want her to basically be their puppet, and she's like, nah, I ain't doing that. Other Sunday night show is Snowfall, and I'm not going to go as much detail with Snowfall as I did with Queen Sugar. I'm going to say this. Season three, and, you know, just the way it played out. Season three did more than the previous two seasons. In the fact of it developed Franklin Saint as a character and as the individual that he is in this grand scheme of this drug empire or the drug game. I ain't gonna say just drug empire, it's drug game. Because, well, shit, you might as well say drug empire because that's what was developing during the season. Like, this man started out selling weed and now he's basically the connect for all of the crack dealers in his area because he getting the product from the CIA and he knows this now. So we go through this whole process of one, him coming to terms with the fact that he is basically a pawn of the CIA. Him coming to terms with the fact that nobody that he knows can be trusted because Harvey tried to rob his ass. You know, he pulled a power play on Harvey, you know, how he hitting with the, but I'm the one that put you in the game, son. And, you know, and Franklin hit him with the, but I got all the motherfuckers trope now. So we had to deal with that. Uh, we also lit, saw him come to terms to, to going straight up to Teddy and like, hey, look, I know who you are. I know what you do. You protect me, I protect you. And, you know, we didn't get as much emphasis on, on on Gustavo and all of them. We did see what they play in this whole thing because, you know, Teddy's brother fucked up. He can't fly no more. So now they got to run the coke on the ground, which I got a feeling that's going to be, you know, the, the end all be all of, of, of the CIA getting the fuck up out of this is them not being able to fly shit in anymore. Um. Just watching that. And then you look you look at it how Franklin developed. You look at how his uh, his old girl went down the tube. Uh, she got on that rock. You know. He had to kill her daddy. 
Well, I ain't even say he had to, but he killed her daddy, shot that nigga, dead, made it like a suicide. And now basically being protected. And then old, old Teddy, well, Reed, his old lady like to burn his whole fucking operation to the ground. Now I don't want to know what happened to him. And, uh, hey, that DEA agent from last season, man, Gustavo tied up that Lucy so quickly, son. He tied it up. As soon as he saw that song, uh, he put a bullet in the back of her head. Which, going to look at it, man, kind of worked out in their favor. Because once Teddy old lady came through and started burning shit down, she would have been one, one of the main ones that had all the information that would have fucked them up. But, she didn't. So, I mean, she wasn't there. And then, um, Javi, we found out Javi uh, sold some fucking weapons to the Pal- uh, Palestinians. So, Israel is looking to take his ass out. This motherfucker was paranoid. The Colombians were about to get hemmed up. But the only reason why they didn't get fucked up because they got a fucking mole on the inside of the DEA who came and told them what's about to go down. Man, ain't nobody in this game to be trusted. Nobody. The uh, Rizzo lady went and told, was the one who went and told Andre. She the reason why Andre did. I mean, Andre's gung-ho nature is part of the reason why he did, but she the reason why he did because she gave him that information. If she didn't fed him that information, he wouldn't have found a house. I mean, he was looking. He was looking. He put his, his best cops on there and he couldn't find that motherfucker. But she gave him information. Found that house. Found that stash of that money. He been better off still that money, but he stole that file. Yeah, Frank had to put that hole in his head. So, yeah. We watched Franklin develop, man. I, I want to see how the new season start, man. John Singleton John Singer passed away this year, so... You know, he was uh, heavy influence in it. But I, I think they still got a good bit of storytelling to give in season four. Um, if season four is the last season, I wouldn't be mad where we get the story of how, how it all come down. Because, I mean, yeah, crack's still around, but people got to go to jail and got to be replaced. It's kind of like with The Wire. Like, the whole fucking five seasons of The Wire couldn't be about Avon Barksdale being in power. Because that ain't how drug game work. Somebody come in. The law enforcement chip away at certain pieces. You know, the feds chip away at certain pieces. And then eventually become weak and somebody take your place. So, you know. If that's the last season, you know, that's fine. But if somebody else rides the power. And we keep going on with this story with a new drug. With a new, new drug campaign in here. And, you know. It is what it is. So, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Now, now, let's get to this y'all niggas be flexing talk. So, I went to the movies last week and I saw It, Chapter 2. And I recall seeing a, a couple of discussions saying that the original It was better than the updated versions. Now, I'm here to tell y'all, if you believe that, why are you lying? Because there's no fucking way that a TV special, a three-hour TV special miniseries is better than a multi-million dollar movie. 
Now, if you be like, well, the story didn't make any sense. Well, here's the thing. Um, they had more time to tell the story. Like, the story, going back and watching, because I, I started back watching the uh, old version, the OG version. I went and watched the OG version. And they rushed a lot of shit in the OG version that didn't make sense. And also the OG version, they, they told both stories at the same time. You know, they started out with, from the future, and basically did the whole kid thing as a flashback. With the new versions, chapter one is them as kids. It's not a flashback. You don't get to see them as adults. I don't even think they even talk about them as adults. You just know that they're chapter two because you know the story. So they just show the whole thing of what happened when they were kids. And it goes into a lot more detail as to what the fuck happened to them as kids. I mean, the base is still there. Georgia gets killed, gets pulled down a train. Also, though, in the OG version, they were getting killed. There were bodies left. In the new version, in, in, in you know chapter one, the kids are just missing. And everybody in town just act like it ain't no big deal. So we get to the whole thing of this climax in chapter two with them coming back to, you know, take on Pennywise. Let me tell you something, too. That's the reason why I know y'all be flexing. Man, listen, all the people that Pennywise scared in the first, in the OG version are little kids and people who have a fear of clowns. That's it. This new Pennywise, oh, this motherfucker is evil. He is vile, and that motherfucker is worth Every sit that they motherfucker gave him to play this part. Because <laughs> he good. When he was dancing around that little old lady in the background, naked, <laughs> I was rolling my ass off in that theater, bro. But, yeah, man, this, 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 this one is pretty good, man. It's 2 hours and 49 minutes long. So, yeah, it is a pretty long movie. But, again, they go back and they tell a lot of stories that they didn't tell in chapter one. You know, some things that did tell in chapter one. So you get to see some things that happened in the kids that he didn't show in chapter one that the fucking Pennywise did to them. Hey, this movie's pretty good, man. And uh, bringing in um, our good old boy, uh, 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 McAvoy in here was, hey, pretty fucking good. McAvoy's pretty good in this thing. Huh, compared to uh oh my god, the dude in the first one that had the uh had the ponytail. Oh Jesus. Oh man, that dude. That dude was ugh, a lot. So, you know, like I said, brought the cast back. Matt is pretty good. And somebody says it's a masterpiece. Pretty good though. So it's worth watching and if you haven't go see that. You need to go see this motherfucking movie because a kid it's fucking awesome. It's a, and if you haven't seen chapter one, you gotta go get chapter one first. Even if you know the fucking story, you need still need to go see this motherfucker, man. It's worth it. Um, that's all I got. That that's pretty much the uh the recap I got for this week in all things that is movie and TV. So it chapter two, go see it. If you haven't watched Snowfall season three. I don't know what you're waiting on, but you need to go ahead and do that. And chapter four of Queen Sugar was fucking flames too. So, there we go. 
Um, I have finished up Fear the Walking Dead so far. Um, waiting on the, the fall shows to come back. So we're getting ready to get those in here. And that's pretty much all I got for right now. We'll take a quick break and then I'm going to come back. Now it's time for Tony Reed's Urban Literature. This comes from I Just Want to Leave This Nigga by Misha Mish. She wrapped her hair into a messy bun and put on a shower cap so that it wouldn't get wet. The water was nice and hot just the way she liked it. That's just what she needed to wash the sleep and stress away. She stayed in the shower for 30 minutes while singing her favorite tunes. After stepping out, she put on lotion, then her clothes. She applied a little eyeliner and MAC lip gloss, poured a little coconut oil into the palm of her hands, and rubbed it in her hair so she can wear natural curls. She sprayed her favorite perfume, Coco Chanel, behind her ear, on her neck, between her breasts, and on her wrist. Thinking she was cute, she blew a kiss at herself in the mirror, grabbed her purse, and headed downstairs. When she made it to the living room, she stopped and observed how her mother sat in her favorite lazy boy chair by the window, just looking out. The living room was decorated in her mom's favorite color, white. A huge white leather sofa and love seat sat in the middle of the room with a 70-inch TV mounted on the wall. A family portrait of the three hung by the chimney. They all had on white and gold to match the room. Gold whatnot was scattered about the living room, giving it the feeling of royalty. And Tamara made sure no one lounged in there but her. Lyric kissed her mother on the cheek, told her she loved her, and headed out the door to take the last test she needed to graduate. She was somewhat happy it was Senior's last day. She had planned to enjoy it to the fullest. Even with all the drama, even though it was hot as hell outside, she wasn't bothered because she was excited to finally be done. She walked down the porch steps of their three-bedroom home and unlocked the door to a Royal Blue 2012 Dodge Charger that her parents had bought her for her 16th birthday. She crank it up, the music, and then she sped out the yard. A few minutes later, her phone began to ring, so she reached in her purse and grabbed her phone. She looked at the number on the screen. Since she didn't recognize the number, she dropped it in a phone in her lap. She kept heading in the direction of the cafe, where the scenes had planned to go celebrate their accomplishments. She figured the call must have been important, because it was the first because as soon as the first call ended, the phone rang again. The disruption took her away from her thoughts of college and all the things she had planned to do. Pirelli's Diner had been their hangout since freshman year. The small Italian restaurant had specials for students and a jukebox filled with the latest music. Some of her friends worked there, so they got the hookup. It was almost unbelievable how the seniors had filled the diner to capacity she walked in. She 
she found her way through the crowd and spotted London waving her hand in the air for Lyric to come over. Now how can this wonderful day of Lyric Alright everybody, I'm back. Let's go ahead and close this thing on out. Let's give y'all a nice little wrap. Um, but I just want to talk about something that happened at local news here in the Memphis metro area. Actually in Memphis, Tennessee. So they have a city election coming up. Um, mayoral election coming. And the incumbent is running. There's a, a former mayor running. And then, um, I don't know how many candidates. There's multiple candidates. more than three. But there's this one candidate um, by the name of Tammy... I don't know her last name. I don't know her first name is Tammy. But, you know, she got hit with the same thing that a lot of people on social media in public spaces have been get hit with. They pulled her tweets. And um, she got some bad ones out there. This is, a, this is a, an older, well, I ain't gonna say older because, shit, I'm, might as well say I'm, in my, I'm, I'm hitting 40. So she probably around my age group, my peer group. But, you know, she's on there. She's talking about, um, She's talking about how white kids in movies scare her, and she's glad she don't have white kids because she might kill them, thinking they possessed, and she don't trust police. And she um, made a comment about one of her teachers about five, six years ago being lesbian and that they were going to out her, things of that sort. And number one thing is I remember being young, not saying that I was wise, smart, or, or, or we, were, we were being so uh, so much more uh, insightful than, you know, people of our age. But I do remember being young. We used to have a saying that we're not living life like we're running for office. And it's crazy because I say this. Back then, there was, and we're talking 10, 15 years ago, there was a stigma on to be a politician you pretty much have to have a polished career, you know, starting from your youth, your young adult days to now. And I think now it's become more a pop, it's more a more of a popularity contest now. I mean, you look at the fact. That, I mean, you look at the rise of Obama, how he came in the, you know, how he came up. It wasn't a situation of he had a career record in um, in politics as much as he was hot in the moment. Um, and then that pretty much begat the Donald Trump era. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is another one. You know, all this happened within the context of the time period where you saw people moving into the political sphere. And I'm, I talked about the governor of California and the president of the United States, but still, even in some local areas, you're getting people who are rising in the political arena who don't really have political background. And these people have a past. But all the time, their passes are coming up. You know, so, you know, gone are the days of, well, you just had to say the right things during your campaign because, you know, you you live your life to be a politician. And now the days of, oh, you know what? Somebody said I should run for office and now here I am. And in the case of this lady running for mayor in Memphis, oh, yeah, I got all these fucking tweets on the Internet because the Internet is forever. And it wasn't a situation where, you know, 30 years, 40, 50 years later, we get leaked tapes of 
Ronald Reagan and Nixon on the phone talking about black people and, and, and you know, poor people and, and, and that all that. We're not getting all that stuff that people have been had for years from these people that we already had suspicions of being problematic. Trademark. <laughs> not mine. But, you know, so, yeah, I hear you making these comments like this lady and then you got to think about it like how do you know who you were and what you thought and what you did you might not be able to draw from specifics but you know that if some of your past come to light it's going to be a problem like man i'm not trying to run for any kind of office but at the same time i'm also not trying to take any kind of influential role in any uh arena um that also bring to light malik yoba you know um, he's been in some positions where he had some influence and, you know, being around, um, groups of people that his recent, well, his past transgressions have caused him some of his affiliations, you know, and, and, and I'm sitting saying like, I know I'm not a perfect person. I know I'm not an evil person, but at the same time, I know who I am. And it's, and, and sitting here talking about this, you think like, man, I haven't seen anybody who quote, quote unquote handled it right. I mean, because what is handling it right? Cause nobody knows what it's like until that spotlight is on you and something from your past is being thrown in your face to discourage where you move and you, you know, throw an obstacle in where you're moving. You know, everybody wants to, to kind of Donald Trump it and just like continue to do what you do and just, tell everybody lying but at the same time you really can't do that i mean because that don't work i mean because if r kelly did that shit i mean which he did you know we laugh at that nigga like nigga we know you did that um so and not even trying to make a case-by-case -case comparison for people but still at the same time man you know what you did and what you said and i think it's funny in the case of the um this this story here in memphis that she came out and did a Facebook Live video in the dimly uh, dimly lit orange room where she came out and, I, I mean, she may have said more, but what I caught was she she really talked about how she wanted to work with the LGBT community. And I'm like, huh, so what about the shit you said about little white kids and police? Specifically police because you're running to be the mayor of fucking Memphis. A city where it has a... Oh, my bad. But but Memphis is a city who has this history or a recent history where it is really leaning on law enforcement to kind of curb its, in, its image. You know, its image in the public eye. So... Like you're gonna go into that, and then on top of that, it also Memphis has had Memphis Police Department has had some issues with corruption. You know, cops doing foul shit that's making the news. I mean, not saying that that is the image of the police department, and I'm not talking about foul shit like shooting innocent people. I'm talking about foul shit like policemen running drugs and shit. So I'm like, they had that recently, and you came out and you had a little problem with the police department whatever it's worth and now you're running for mayor and then uh, the stance you take is the lgbt community is is who you want to you know stand for i you know I, I don't there's no there's no there's no carbon copy no no cookie cutter way to handle these things i don't even know how i am 
I got some shit that I said. I look at my time hop all the time, like, God damn, I was wildin' back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I done said some shit, and I done said some shit that I see young. And and crazy thing about it, that's why I don't really go hard on young niggas saying stupid shit on Twitter. I mean, I look at it like, man, that shit's stupid. But I also didn't have like thousands of people in my mentor telling me what I said was stupid at the same time. And you know, I don't know how you handle that. Because if thousands of people are telling you what you said is stupid as fuck, then you got two choices. You can either double down or you can motherfucking think about what you said and, and you know, kind of play it from there. But I never had that situation. So I might have said something crazy and wild. I may have one or two people telling me, hey, that, that's wild what you said. And, you know, you usually going to get somebody else to, to, to high five you and it kind of balances out and then you just kind of leave it alone. But even in that, I'm a self-conscious person. If I get one person to tell me I'm, I said something stupid and nine people said tell me that was the greatest thing ever, I'm going to go back and like think from the perspective of the one person that gave me the negative critique and say, okay, so what did I miss from their standpoint when I said this? I will do that. Not saying that I'm going to change my opinion, but I will do that because I try to think of it from another person's perspective. Sometimes I, when I get to that point, I'm like, oh, they're coming from a perspective of they just being totally ignorant. Or they just being, uh, they just coming from project. Uh, I mean, from a position of they really don't give a fuck about nobody else but themselves. Then, then I could draw that, come back and say, hey, well, fuck them. But it's wild because thinking about all this, you know, you think about things in the past, you think about things in the current, um, like the Dave Chappelle special. I ain't watch it. Not saying that I don't want to watch it. Not saying that I feel like it's not something for me. I just haven't watched it yet because it's. That's a lot of shit that I haven't watched. But it caught fire and motherfuckers had a lot of shit to talk about. Now, I've seen what the people said. So I can't weigh what they said versus what happened because I haven't seen it. It's kind of like talking about a chicken sandwich you haven't eaten. Um, But in the context of the discussion, man, you think about it like, well, some of these things are things that people say. But then also I look at it too from the same thing from the day tweets. The same thing to some of the other, you know, the other happenings that we've had run across on social media and the internet and in news cycles um, that have been like little fucking forest fires. I always go back to the level of, man, if I talk to my parents, they don't even know what the fuck this shit is. And not saying my parents are uninformed, but they represent a segment in my life of people who are not as connected with all this shit and not influenced by all this shit and not motivated by stuff that goes on in the world and what people say. And whether they agree with it rightly or wrongly, you know, it is what it is. And, um, and I do my little things. Like, for instance, my dad. For what it's worth, my dad is about to be 65 years old. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to be who he is. I, you know, I try to, try to, you know, try to encourage him in areas where I can. Others where I want. Like, my dad has this thing, man. He likes to talk to people. And he likes to talk about things. So one, the week he came up here, my dad was off work. But he has his employee, his co-worker who... You know, kind of like gets away what he wants to. And my dad sat here and talked to one of his coworkers about this dude the whole time. And I told him, like, hey, man, that's not good business. Because them people you're talking to, they don't have your back. 
And lo and behold, man, that shit came back to bite him in the ass. He ended up losing his, his shift he had, which was working for him, and pretty much losing the, the position that he had. And not saying that was because of that, but you could tell that something to that to that nature happened and what caused it. So not saying that that conversation had, was it, but it's just the general nature and the way people perceived him. They didn't see him as being, they saw him as being expendable when it came time to, to move people around. And, you know, he lost another job in that same way. Um, also, my dad, he has his, he has his, well, he, he basically rents his room. And he has his roommate um, there because he rents his room when he's uh, working and rather than going home every night. And he has his roommate there who is a, who is a transgender woman is from what I pick up from my dad. Now, he could be a tra- cross-dresser. I don't know because I never met him or her or however they, they, you know, whatever. But the fact that I don't know is mainly because my dad doesn't know how to communicate this. And I'm laughing because just to hear him talk. And it's not a situation my dad doesn't like, doesn't like this person because I'm not like, again, I don't know. It's not that my dad doesn't like it. It just my dad doesn't know how to operate. So, I don't know, again, I don't know if this is a treasured woman or a man who cross-dresses. Because my dad doesn't know the difference. To him, it's all the same thing. So, he use, he, he, he misgenders this person all the time. Because I can tell you one thing. If you say he or she, it's always wrong. It's either, it's going to be one or the other. Or the best thing is just use them. You know, if you don't know. But that's stuff that I've learned. I'm not 65 years old, been living in a culture where people don't, haven't had to conform and had to deal with people's gender, sexual identity, and all of that. I'm coming up through an area where that's becoming more um, understood and knowledgeable. Now, with that being said, let's go back to this lady's tweets and where we're coming from when you are attacking people like this. I don't give a damn if it was five years ago. I don't give a damn if it was 25 years ago. I don't think people look at some of these cases with some sense of levity to understand that the environment, especially this country we live in. And I'm not, now, mind you, I'm not about to excuse anything. We, live in an, we lived in an environment where some of this stuff was not as accepted and some of this communication, this verbiage wasn't something that was as known. Now, some stuff we do know is innately wrong. And it's just it kind of like the slavery discussion. As time goes on, everybody know that slavery is wrong. It's been wrong. And everybody that was on the side of slavery was some evil people. But even amongst black people, and, and anybody that tells you differently, there was more probably a time period where black people not looked at slavery as it was a good thing, but they looked at certain white people as being helpful to the cause. Even though some of these white people might not have no best interest in that shape or fashion. You know what I'm saying? And I say this, and, and, and I give you this, like Lincoln. Um, 
even coming up in my time period, and not even saying that white people dictated this, but even even on black people, and still some black people today feel like Lincoln is the liberator of black people. But as we go along, we realize that what he did and how he and how he moved was more a political play and less about black people. And we started to learn that, like, oh well, you know, he just been a white a white man working with his own motives. So there was a time period where he was seen as a hero. But as we go along, he less seen less as up less as of that. And that's how anything goes. As you get more of the story, you start to realize, oh, this motherfucker was playing within the times. You start to get this little image. But at the end of the day, I'm a practical person. I understand that a lot of people, I would say well over 80% of people in this world are motivated by personal drivers. So things that work within their best interest. Now, a lot of those people that outside of that, they, they understand that some of their best interests probably not in the best interest of people overall, so they kind of like check themselves. But that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of people in this world that if it was them or the world, they choosing themselves and the people around them every time. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but you know, that's what some people are. So if you put a man in office or put some people in power and you give them the choice to make the right choice of Let's just get rid of slavery or let's just compromise with the fucking slave owners so they don't just run away with the country. Let's compromise. And I'm not saying those people are great people. So I'm coming back, bring the full circle to this lady talking shit about everything that she talks shit about, about police. Like, if she a black person in Memphis, she probably grew up in a neighborhood where police were fucking with everybody. You know, that's going to taint your view of, of, of police. I know some black people right now do not, can't not fuck with the police, period. And they might know people who work in the police department. They don't fuck with them people. They don't fuck with the police. At all. If some shit happened to them, like if they got, their house got broken in, they ain't calling the police. You know? There's people that don't fuck with law enforcement, period. Point blank. So if you one of those people, man, even though you might get a little older and start to get a little more knowledgeable, hey man, that's still part of your life. So if you decide you want to run for office now, that's still that's still a history now. It just so happened that social media is around and you put that shit out there. Same thing with homosexuality and and and, and transgender, queer culture, and, and 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 people, and not just saying culture, just just everybody's life, and and, and the truth that they're living. Some people ain't, they ain't, they're not accustomed to that. And they grew up in a way. And and the crazy thing about it is, you know, what's wild about this, though, what's really wild about this, there are some people who are, who identify as, you know, something other than the heterosexual, who grew up and who had this stigma towards themselves for their sexual identity. But we want people who grew up as hetero to be vilified for for that. And I know those people who grew up with those stigmas were influenced by heterosexual uh, um, ideals. I understand that. But at the same time, man, it's just like black people grew up being black. And some of them hate being black. And I know that's about that's that's. I know that's a product of, of white America and, and white and just whiteness in general. But at the same time, man, that people that grow up, they're black, that 
just don't like their blackness and don't like thing about black culture. And I don't know what to tell them. I, I just look at them like, man, hostile ass black people who talk about black folk just living their life. That's, that's it. That's it. I'm not sitting there saying everybody got to go live in the hood and got to go hang out in the hood and got to go do business in the hood, do community service in the hood. Because, man, now I'm used to pandering. I'm not saying that. But you don't have to sit here and talk down about black people who live in, in like, less than ideal situations. Because many people are just trying to survive. You know, like, going out on a limb and trying to make something better for yourself is a risk of, of putting yourself, putting your whole livelihood in jeopardy. And some people just ain't willing to take that risk. What's wrong with that? I live in a low-income neighborhood with insufficient resources access to uh, housing and, and all this other stuff but this is what I can afford because this is where I come from what's wrong with me staying here and dealing with this versus going out and trying to move into a, a higher income neighborhood that has more resources that's going to cost me more and I don't have I don't have the income to even sustain that type of living everybody can't just get up and move and I know people want to say that all the time you should just move it ain't easy man you got to think about some people's perception and positions. But that I got all of that out of this lady made these tweets. And it just it just hilarious to me, man. Still hilarious to me that she had to come out and have a little Facebook Live press conference to, you know, to dispute that. And, you know, I just look at it like, well, you knew coming into this what you had to you know had to process through and i don't know how to take that but you knew coming into this what what you know what was the what was gonna be the hurdles in front of you and sometimes you just gotta hash out with whomever your campaign manager is like these are the things that are gonna come out here now i'm pretty sure that this lady probably doesn't have like a very drawn out campaign strategy because she's probably one of the She's a, she's not one of the top two um, candidates because, like I said, it's the the incumbent and the and, and the former mayor who are the top two, you know, the front runners in this situation. But she probably don't have this long drawn out campaign, so she's just kind of like doing groundwork. So, you know, it's what it is, man. But it's end day, man. You out here? If you listen to this, more likely you're involved in some kind of interactions on the internet. Gotta think about it, man. Everybody's not involved in that. How are you gonna how are you going to handle anything that, that you see that everybody else may not be privy to and anything that about yourself that may come to light because of this whole information superhighway. You know. Again, that's no that's no way to handle there's no no protocol for this. You just kinda roll with the punches as they come. Well, I think I don't remember long enough. I think I remember way longer than I should have. I'm about to get about this thing. I got some books. I got some pages to read for my class. Um, I got an assignment to do. And your boy's going to be out here on these streets. You know what, man? I need to start getting a little bit more. I know um, Aaron B. put it out there, man, about who had Gears 5. Um and I kind of responded late, man. I need to get out here, man. If y'all out here in these, 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 these social, on these, these video game platforms, particularly Xbox One, 
man, holla at your boy um, and hit me up, man. Uh, the gamer tag is very simple. It's Dr. Abrasive. And that, that's what it is. You see me on the street, man, tell me if there's a game I need to check out, man, and we need to get on this multiplayer on, let's do that shit. I'm, you know, I carve out time on my schedule, man. We can do that thing and get, 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 get it. But this has been another Off The Grid podcast on the Dr. Bracer Network. I appreciate everybody for listening. I thank y'all for coming through. Y'all are the greatest people on this face of this earth. If there's only one person listening, you are the greatest person on the face of this earth. But it doesn't matter. One, two, a thousand. I don't care who listens. You took time out of your day to listen to me talk. You could have been doing anything else with your time. I appreciate you. Now, as a part of my appreciation, join our mailing list, and then you can have a chance to win some free swag from me. I'm going to start making a better effort to do this once a month, and I'm about to go and pull a winner here within the next week or so. So if you join the mailing list, you get the emails and you read them, you'll be on my list of people who, you know, loyal to the crew. So if you just sign up for the emails and you'll never open them, then you can't win shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Because that's really the only way I can track who is really checking shit out. So, I mean, even if you just open email and just browse through the bitch, I know you open email. I can't tell who checked or who clicking the website. I mean, the website is kind of like fucking, um, it's like the highway. Like, you got a billboard on the highway. You don't know who's seeing the sign, dog, unless you motherfucking direct them to go to a specific place. So, sign up for the mailing list, man. Sign up for the email list. That is your best way to subscribe so I can keep up with you and give you some free swag. Otherwise, I have to do some kind of data collection thing, and I won't do all that, man. Just join the email list, man. You know, don't lose yourself. Whatever. I forgot the commercial. What? Something. It is. I man. I I had to find it. <laughs> y'all y'all get it. But man, um, appreciate everybody for listening. And um, fellas, if the girls in the motherfucking club trying to sell some ass for forty dollars, leave them alone. I'm out. Peace. This has been a Doctor Abrasive presentation.